Support for WRFA is brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. As a local community resource, Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union is committed to providing its members with the professional financial services they have come to expect. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. I wanted to offer my comments in the beginning here on the situation in, obviously, Ukraine and Russia. Um, obviously, we're uh, watching this uh, closely, just like everyone else in America, and, um, and I'm very concerned about the aggressive nature of uh, what uh, Putin is doing in regards to the acquiring the interest uh, in the Ukraine. Um, right now, I think the, the best thing that we can do is send a message of strength, and, um, and in order to achieve peace, uh, that message of strength needs to be delivered firmly, loudly, and directly, especially by the President of the United States. And, um, and we need to stop sending conflicting messages, uh, messages such as what the President sent a few weeks ago in regards to uh, this being a minor incursion would be acceptable, uh, versus now an all, uh, all-out invasion uh, that appears to be occurring uh, in the Ukraine. Obviously, this has impacts uh, on us here in the U.S. You see it at the pump in particular, as this disrupts the world supply of oil and natural gas. And uh, that is another reason why uh, we need uh, to send a message to Putin uh, that we have our domestic supplies of oil and gas under U.S. control, that we should be doing everything in our power to unleash on the world market. Uh, This would take one of the primary revenue sources that Putin relies upon uh, in regards to his operations and his position of power uh, as the president of Russia. And if we can uh, lower uh, the prices of oil and natural gas by promoting U.S. domestic supplies rather than cutting off uh, these supplies, stopping the development of U.S. production of oil and natural gas when we have the world's largest reserve of these natural resources under our control, um, I think that is a critical step uh, that we need to take uh, going forward. Obviously, the Nord Stream uh, 2 pipeline is a critical piece of cutting off Putin and sending a message. But if he uh, continues this aggressive nature, uh, Nord Stream 2 uh, will never come online. And we should have a conversation about Nord Stream 1 in regards to making sure that our allies know that their uh, natural gas and oil uh, supplies uh, will come from a stable country as opposed to a destable uh, region in uh, Russia, Ukraine, etc. Um, and finally, as we watch uh, this unfold, I want to remind people uh, what is happening in Ukraine and Russia is directly related to potentially what could happen as China is watching uh, these actions very closely. And uh, keep an eye uh, on the messages being sent to China when it comes to the South China Sea and Taiwan and other uh, interests in that region of the world that potentially could be adversely impacted if this Russia-Ukraine situation is not handled appropriately by the U.S. and our allies in the world. Uh, That being said, uh, I will revert to my first comment. Uh, This is a time to achieve peace through strength, and that is going to come from a firm, strong leadership message 
especially from the President of the United States, uh, that this type of activity, this action uh, by Putin, would be unacceptable, and there will be severe uh, consequences as a result of it. And uh, that would send a message uh, to China uh, that any type of maneuvering uh, of the nature of Putin is doing in Ukraine would not be accepted uh, by China in the South China Sea as well as Taiwan. So just to look around the corner, I'm very concerned uh, as to how this uh, is handled in the Russia-Ukraine sphere and impacting a critical threat to America, which would be the disruption of the power structure in the South China Sea, uh, Taiwan, Asian uh, type of uh, uh, region. So that being said, let's uh, open it up to uh, questions, Frank. Okay, we'll start with Sarah from WSKG. Um, no questions. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. We'll next go to Rachel from Lily Broadcasting. Hey, Congressman. Long time no chat. Just real, I wanted to have two questions. Uh, the first is just kind of follow up from your um, statements you just made. Um, when you say uh, we need to show strength, does that mean through force or by messaging? Uh, it's uh, force, sanctions, uh, our alliances, especially with our European allies. Um, and also, uh, we have to keep all tools in the toolbox. Uh, I, I am very hesitant uh, to support any type of military engagement uh, in that area of Ukraine-Russia, uh, uh, but uh, we cannot take tools off the table. Um, and I would encourage uh, uh, a consistent message to be delivered that all of the above uh, will be deployed if this aggressive nature of uh, Putin continues. Okay, thank you. And um, just kind of quickly, here in D.C., there are talks uh, of possibly the like a truck convoy coming to D.C., uh, trying to disrupt you know traffic, maybe even block off the Beltway. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think you've been here at the Capitol uh, this week, but this morning when I was walking to the Capitol, I noticed there was a little bit more of a, a Capitol Police presence. There were like the armed. Uh, you know, large vans that Capitol Police have and stuff like that. Um, and there's also talks of, you know, maybe putting up a fence around, a temporary fence around the Capitol, um, especially with, you know, State of the Union just right around the corner. Uh, do you think that these security measures are necessary? What do you think if they do put up that temporary fencing? So, you know, we've heard the reports of, of uh, potential protests uh, coming uh, to D.C., and uh, I'll defer uh, to the Capitol Police and those that are responsible for securing the Capitol grounds. And I would support uh, those decisions that are made in order to secure the Capitol grounds, especially after uh, learning the lessons of January 6th, um, so that we don't get caught unprepared. Uh, that being said, uh, I uh, am a true believer in the more that we can keep the U.S. Capitol uh, fence-free, uh, the more that we reflect uh, what we truly are, and that's a democracy, a place of freedom, and that uh, fences uh, are uh, symbols of restriction, and um, and 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 I think uh, that is something uh, that we should try to avoid when it comes to symbolic messages uh, that we send across the world. Um, but obviously, we live in a new world, and we live in a world that has risk, and they must be mitigated uh, appropriately when identified. Um, you know, as to uh, the convoy itself. This is a reflection, I think, of people um, growing frustration uh, with the heavy hand of government, and that's why I don't support mandates 
I think at the end of the day, they're counterproductive in the end. I support very um, open dialogue and information, education, and persuasion based on uh, that education and information. Uh, that I, I see is a higher likelihood of compliance in regards to getting the vaccine, of people taking the vaccine, people feeling comfortable and safe in their personal circumstances, uh, that the vaccine uh, and, and these items uh, of protection uh, go a long way to protect us, uh, not only individually, but as a, as a nation. So I would just encourage people, don't go down the path of mandates, go down the path of inspiring the hearts and minds through leadership and information education. Okay. Thank you, Congressman. That's all I have. Yeah. Thanks, Rachel. Okay, we'll go to Jerry from the Buffalo News. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Doing well, Jerry. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, on Ukraine, former President Trump yesterday had some comments. He said that uh, Putin's uh, move was, quote-unquote, genius and uh, very savvy. Um, what do you think of those comments? Well, obviously, I don't, I don't uh, agree uh, with that uh, assessment, nor do I think uh, uh, those are comments that should be issued uh, at this point in time to uh, somehow give confidence uh, to Putin that he's doing the right thing. Uh, this is clearly the wrong move uh, by President Putin, and uh, uh, I would uh, encourage uh, commentary along those lines to refrain from uh, reinforcing a positive message on this. Uh, that being said, um, I think uh, what the undertone of that messaging from the former president goes to is the the lack of firmness, the lack of consistency, and the ambiguity uh, that has led up to this moment uh, that has been demonstrated by the White House. Um, when you uh, send a message that minor incursions uh, would be acceptable, um, that potentially changes the calculation and the decision-making of your adversary, such as Putin, uh, in taking the actions he is. Um, so if that's what the reference was to, I understand that. But at this point in time, time to put the history behind and we stand united with the president to send the message of peace through strength. And that strength is going to include all tools in the toolbox to, to ensure that it's achieved. Okay. Um, one question on another matter. Um, Claudia Tenney has been all over your district in, in the past uh, week, uh, campaigning, meeting with county officials, et cetera. And, any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think Claudia's doing exactly what she needs to be doing, uh, and that is introducing herself uh, to the uh, communities uh, throughout the district. I think she is going to uh, uh, show by doing that that she is uh, up to the task of representing uh, the district, and I wish her well uh, as she goes uh, down that path and encourage her to continue uh, to uh, be there, listen to people, understand uh, the issues of the district. Uh, that puts her in the best position to represent it uh, come uh, this November uh, when the people will decide uh, that outcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Okay, now we'll go to Hannah from Spectrum. Hello, Congressman. Hannah, I just have a yeah. Do you hear me? Yeah, Hannah, go yep. right ahead. Okay, yeah, I just have one question regarding Ukraine. So, uh, as a member of the Ukraine Caucus, how do you evaluate President Biden's handling of Russia and what's happening in the region? You know, as I indicated, historically, uh, the commentary of inconsistency by the president uh, um, has been uh, not helpful. Um, but we are at the point where. Now, uh, we need to put that behind us and send the message that, you know what, uh, President Putin, uh, your actions are going to have severe consequences, and those consequences range from sanctions uh, to a partnership with our allies 
that potentially could involve military response. And uh, hopefully by sending that message and putting the past behind us, uh, we will tamper uh, this aggressiveness down and peace will then again reign uh, in the region. Thank you. That's all I had. Thank you. Okay, now we'll go to uh, Dave from WDOE. Uh, good morning, Tom. How are you? Doing well, Dave. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Tom, just wanted to ask you, what kind of sanctions would you like to see imposed should we see an invasion? So, you know, as we're seeing invasion today, uh, I would ramp up economic sanctions on the, on the country of Russia. I would ramp up sanctions on the oligarchs uh, who are behind the scenes. I would ramp up sanctions on our banking institutions upon which they're doing on our financial transactions. And I would take those off uh, the table as much as we possibly can in regards to accessing those dollars that are flowing uh, through Russia-controlled uh, interests and Russia-direct um, uh, matters. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, I would be pressuring our European allies, in particular German, Germany, to stand firm, as they have uh, indicated uh, that they're not going to accept uh, Nord Stream 2 pipeline and uh, make sure that message is sent uh, directly. And not only, not only is Nord Stream 2 potentially in the mix, uh, I would open up a discussion about uh, the existing pipeline uh, that is there and uh, how to turn that supply off, uh, which is providing direct cash to fuel uh, Putin and his allies and his uh, supporters uh, on this aggressive action. And uh, how important is it to, for the U.S. to be working with NATO? Uh, very important. I mean, obviously, they're a critical ally in the region uh, that through that uh, military uh, alliance uh, will send a message of strength uh, that will keep peace uh, in the region. And any split uh, between our NATO allies right now uh, would not be a wise course, in my humble opinion. So further we strengthen and show our resolve to stand with NATO, uh, that is a critical tool in the toolbox militarily uh, to uh, be a defensive as well as a potential offensive uh, position uh, to take to calm this down. Okay, Tom. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Okay, now we'll go to Tara from WETM. Hey, Representative Reed, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, just a question for you, a couple of them. Uh, do you think this is a Cold War tactic? I know we've talked about this before, but I'm interested in your updated opinion on it now. Yeah, this is a, a tactic uh, that I think Putin has carried forward from his days at KGB and uh, um, Cold War type of experience. Uh, this is something where uh, militarily he has uh, seen uh, success as he took Crimea and other uh, actions. Um, and I think uh, he is uh, trying to uh, do what he's done before, and that is use military aggression uh, to achieve his interests. And that is why we need to send a message to Putin and to China. Uh, that this type of aggressive uh, action is completely unacceptable uh, in this day and age, not only to the U.S., but to our allies and to our partners around the world. And therefore, we don't have a, a exacerbated situation that starts in the Ukraine and ends in the South China Sea. What do you think your colleagues in Congress and the president and the vice president can take away from how the U.S. responded in the Cold War and maybe apply it now? Are, are any of those lessons applicable at this point? I would, I would take the lessons of President Ronald Reagan and achieve that peace through strength. And uh, to our colleagues on both sides of the aisle, this is when we stop uh, our fighting. Uh, this is when we stop our fighting as 
Republican and Democratic members of Congress, uh, as well as the administration, and say, you know what, Uh, we stand united in our resolve to stamp out this type of aggression. Thank you, Congressman. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, now we'll go to Jack from The Observer. Hi, good morning. Uh, So, New York, how are you today? Good, good. Go ahead, Jack. Good, Good to hear from you. So, so as you're well aware, New York State imports a lot of power, uh, especially for the western New York region. And one of the power producers we've always heard has come from Homer City, and, and they're going to be backing off in how much power they're producing down there. Should that be of concern for, for residents, considering what the implications for the grid are on this? It's, it's yet another example uh, that when we start backing off our supply uh, of natural gas and oil and under our domestic control, it goes to our ability to produce um, power uh, on the grid, and it adds to the uh, situation that is causing prices to spike, prices to go up. And that is why the more that we can control our oil and natural gas uh, supply, um, the more we can stabilize the world markets and drive the prices down. I think that's something every New Yorker should be concerned about, and it's something that obviously New Yorkers are telling me they're concerned about as they go to the pump and they pay their monthly utility bill and see the cost that is coming out of their paycheck. Can you give any insight on the, the billion dollars that's coming for the um, Lake Erie water improvements, anything targeted for around Chautauqua County? You know, um, let me, off the top of my head, uh, Jack, uh, I am aware uh, of the uh, of the applications and, the, and where they're trying to direct the money, but rather than speak off the top of my mind, let, let me get you some confirmed uh, data as to kind of the project talking to the core and others that are in the best position to be funded. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now we will go to Terry Frank, Media One Radio Group. Yes. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning, Terry. Hey, I did want to ask a couple of follow-ups. First of all, regarding sanctions, you you mentioned uh, where we should be going in that vein. With what's happened in the past 20 four to 36 hours. Has there been any renewed talk in Congress about Congress putting some sanctions on Russia? Um, obviously, we, we're not physically located in D.C., uh, so those conversations uh, have not occurred in regards to conversations of face-to-face. However, there has been dialogue uh, between members as well as uh, uh, virtually uh, about how we can come united uh, on these sanctions and uh, stop the infighting uh, that is causing them not to be successfully navigated through the waters. But as this aggressiveness rises and you see the invasions and you see the physical actions being taken by Putin, uh, I, um, I am sensing uh, that the differences are becoming less and less and that a united level of sanctions, um, a united level of support for sanctions can be achieved here in near order as we return to D.C. next week. And one one other quick follow up uh, regarding uh, the end game here in terms of where Russia's going and what what's happening in the South China Sea. How much concern is there that Putin will try to make good on his threat of many years ago that he would try to reunite the old Soviet Union and maybe try to take Latvia, Estonia, et cetera? Yeah, it is something that we should all be uh, very well aware of, that uh, he's made no secret, Putin has made no secret uh, about what his vision for the reestablishment of the Soviet Union uh, would be, 
uh, and that uh, this is yet another step uh, in that aggressive plan to do just that. Now, will he be able to achieve all of that? I hope not. Um, That would be uh, a situation that would be 10 times to 100 times worse uh, than the situation we're uh, facing in the Ukraine. That is why we need to stand firm as one nation, as a partner of nations, uh, that this type of aggressive nature and incursion into a sovereign uh, nation like Ukraine uh, is unacceptable and must cease and must come to an end as soon as possible. All right. Thank you, Tom. All right, I think we have time for one more question, so we'll go to Julia from WRFA News. Mute off. Good morning, Congressman. Uh, Good morning, Julia. So uh, switching topics quite a bit here, uh, since a lot of people have asked my questions on Ukraine. uh, One of the things I noticed is that both houses are working on a reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act that provides funding for groups combating domestic abuse and sexual assault. So I was wondering, where are talks going on that in the House right now, and where where do you stand on it? Yeah, I'm uh, in full support uh, of uh, the Violence Against Women Act, and I've voted for it repeatedly as it's come up on the floor and would continue to vote for um, the existing version as well as any version that can be negotiated to be brought to the floor because um, I, I disagree with those that are pushing back on it in my own party. Um, as well as uh, folks on the other side of the aisle that maybe are trying to use it for political purposes that we can achieve success and get it through the system. So I've been a voice to say, look, it, let's at least renew the existing uh, legislation. And if we can't do that because there's something we can agree upon to improve the legislation, uh, let's do that. Um, but uh, we should, at a bare minimum, uh, come to agreement on the existing uh, legislation and get it renewed ASAP. Follow up on that. One of the things I saw that has been kind of this, a contentious issue is this thing called this boyfriend uh, loophole, where um, someone who has uh, been convicted of domestic violence can still have access to firearms, um, even if they've been convicted, as long as they're not married or living with the victim and they don't share a child. Is this one of the things that is coming up an issue with one of the parties in Congress? Yeah, the firearms issue is uh, one of those uh, issues that has come up uh, in this conversation with the Violence Against Women Act, and and has come up in other issues, and and that's part of the uh, those that sincerely don't want to resolve this issue um, and get this renewed, and they want to use firearms as a wedge issue to keep people um, not getting to yes but staying at no um, is something that is thrown into the mix. And what I encourage people to say is, um, is look at what can we achieve, and maybe this exemption can be closed. Uh, I think there's a compromise position uh, that can be achieved there uh, based on language that could be negotiated to represent uh, that type of relationship. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, we shouldn't let uh, this issue uh, keep us from finishing this bill or getting it renewed uh, ASAP. So uh, I'm I'm aware that is a wedge issue that is thrown into the mix to keep us from getting to yes, but um, to me, that's part of the problem of D.C. Um, Those that don't want to get to yes find reasons to say it now. Okay. Thank you very much, Congressman. All right. You have been Thank muted. You, and uh, one last point uh, I would quiet. like to add to the Ukraine uh, conversation is, you know, as uh, this unfolds, uh, I, I would hope uh, that we as people in America would recognize that if there is a humanitarian crisis uh, that uh, uh, develops as a result of this uh, incursion and this uh, war invasion uh, by Putin, uh, that we would welcome uh, to America, uh, those that are seeking to flee 
uh, that persecution and that threat uh, to their safety. And so I, I would add my voice uh, to those that are encouraging uh, efforts and resources to be deployed, uh, that if there's any humanitarian crisis uh, that develops as a result of this, we in the 23rd Congressional District stand ready uh, to assist in alleviating uh, that type of uh, harm and that type of uh, situation from occurring where people and families and women and children are potentially put in harm's way. We should welcome them uh, to the area and be part of the efforts to alleviate that threat. All right. Well, I appreciate that very much, guys, and I look forward to talking to you next week.